there are some serious issues in the line here. People have really, I don't want to keep saying people are doing it tough, but people are struggling out there. To see these two just going along, everything's, you know, fine, we're friends, may the best man win. I don't like that. I want Chris Minns to go out there and say, you guys f***ed up. You've been in power for 12 years and look at the position that we're in now. We're in a worse position. I don't want him to go out and say, oh, I wished him the best of luck. And then Dom Perrottet gets up last night and spends half his speech simping to Chris Minns. There's just too much at stake here to have two guys going at it for the premiership getting along that nicely. I mean, where is the genuine frustration? That's what I want to see. I want to see a politician running for office that's pissed off. Chat theory. G'day, g'day. Welcome back to Chat Theory. You're with Chad James. How you guys going? Hope you're enjoying your weekend. Ladies and gents, we just had the New South Wales election last night. Here we are, Sunday morning, dedicated, coming to you guys with a full analysis breakdown of what happened. Given where we are now, there's still more vote counting to come, especially with regards to the Legislative Council. But Labor has won. Labor are going to form a majority. I've got Nico and Livsa just sitting here waiting for me in the green room, ready to jump on. We're going to go through some of the key seats, the numbers, how this all went down, explain what exactly happened. We'll have a look briefly at the Legislative Council. But the focus of today in the second half and the majority of the show is going to be on why did Labor win? There are different theories going around. Everyone has an opinion. So we'll give you our opinion on why we think Labor has won here in New South Wales. And we'll also tell you how we voted. And then we'll have a look at Chris Minns and give you some details that you probably don't or didn't know about. But before we get into all that discussion, if you end up enjoying today's show, make sure you give us a five-star rating on the podcast app that you're listening to us on. If you really enjoy the show, give us a PayPal donation, link below. But most importantly, if you want to listen to the full episode, become a subscriber. There's a link below in the description. It is seamless on Spotify, but it doesn't matter if you listen anywhere else. All you have to do is copy the RSS link that it gives you when you subscribe, and you can enter that into any podcast app to get the full Chad Theory podcast feed. How good is that? All right, let's jump on with Nico and Lifster. Hey, hey, Nico, Lifster, you guys both look hungover. Well, sadly, I'm not hungover, actually happily, because I'm not a big fan of being hungover. But I had a few drinks. It was a good night, but I'm not hungover. Nico, what's your excuse? Uh, you know me too well, man. <laughs> <laughs> How good is it, though? Election night, you sit down, you have a drink. If you recall the election coverage, I was flicking between ABC and Sky. Sky had um, Paul Murray and Shari. Is that her name? Yeah, and they were at, they were at Labor headquarters, right? And then they had Chris Kenny and Laura Jays at Liberal headquarters, which was yeah. like dead. It was so <laughs> funny, like it was like there was tumbleweed. There were tumbleweeds in the background, and meanwhile, and Labor's were, like pumping. And that's what I think. I think we like that on election night. I, I think we like to see people in you know borderline depressive states versus you know ecstasy when reality's hitting home. Yeah. I, I like Kenny and, and Jay's like bickering over 
why the Liberals lost and, you know, they did it to themselves. I know, and- the bias is so, like, they're so unashamedly biased. That's great. The, the ABC, you know the ABC coverage? It's it, it reminds me, have you guys seen that movie Gattaca? Yes. No. With, it's who one is of my it? favourite movies. Jude Law. He becomes the fake Jude Law. He's yeah. the guy that it, that isn't that isn't genetically superior. Yeah. So it's Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, Jude Law. Is this turning into a movie review? But yeah. the, the the ABC set, like it really has that real sterile, futuristic vibe. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, because they have their panel, then they have their little lapdog Anthony Green up on the touch screen. <laughs> Right, and just a quick note for those of you who follow Anthony Green on Twitter. Why is he so angry all the time? You reckon? Yeah, I noticed that too when he replies to people he's as so well. He's so angry. Tweets. Yeah, he needs to he relax. Very, man. Like, straight to the point. He should retire if he's like he's he's like every time I see him on Twitter, he's like telling someone off. Google it. Go do your own research. It's like, bro, relax. Just don't reply. Anyway. <laughs> So they got their little he's, lapdog. He's just an elitist, Chad. He's, he he he's, is. They've got their yeah. lapdog, Anthony Green. And then they have this panel behind the camera where they're like, they've got all these computers and there's supposedly all this work going on. And they've got, what's his name? Cos Samaris? He's that? Yeah. He's, he's like some uh, institute guy, like some research analytics guy. I think he's been like a campaign advisor in the past for labor or something like that so the the, the abc that like they, they stylize themselves as having the abc insiders right which is like you know sarah ferguson and, and Speezy on their panel at ashley raper and whatnot and then they have this other panel which is like a couple of outsiders that they bring in and they keep referring like back and forth to them and it just has this really sterile like futuristic vibe i i, I don't know how to explain it it just made me think of gattaca so yeah, the the emotions were interesting, and I think I mean as a sort of way of starting off, perhaps the best way to categorize the election, I think at least from my view, and and I've I've heard this from other people, is that this really was a Labor versus Liberal election, like apart from Labor winning and the Liberals losing, there isn't really any other narratives or stories about winners or losers here. Yeah, well, you haven't we haven't heard any other stories from any other parties. It's all even the whole campaign. It was all just really Labor liberal. Yeah, a little bit of Greens, but I mean, I'm not down there. That's just what I see online and stuff. So I'm not obviously in the environment. But all I've heard is Labor liberal. But I, I mean, more specifically with the numbers. Like, if you look at the numbers, the only big changes have really been Labor and Liberal. Labor gaining seats, Liberals losing seats. And like the rest of these minor parties are relatively unchanged. We'll probably see more of it as the legislative council votes get counted. But I mean, definitely for the lower house races, it's Labor Liberal. I even think in the legislative council, it it still follows that narrative, broadly speaking. I mean, there was meant to be this one nation wave, like the amount of airtime that Sky News gave to One Nation, you'd think that they were on par with the Nationals. They're going to potentially gain one seat in the Senate, in the Legislative Council. We're looking at the numbers and they had to swing against them, you were saying. they overall. Yeah, they had a 1%. It's a 1% change, that's right. So far, this is above the line in the Senate, which we'll get to. But even in the like the party totals, 
in the lower house, they had a a 0.7%, you know, swing towards them, which hasn't resulted in any additional seats. So this is what I'm saying. This was really Labor versus Liberal. The Greens, they won't gain any extra seats in, in the lower house. It looks like they'll retain Balmain. So that means that they had three. They'll continue with three. Labor's predicted to reach 50. Right now they're sitting on 45 on ABC's website. And the coalition are projected to to hit 31. So that's where those two big changes were, Labor having massive swings towards them and the Liberals having massive swings against them. But other than that, there's, there aren't really any other stories, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I thought the Greens would have done better, to be honest, but yeah, me too. not. Yeah, me too. And I have a theory as to why I, I don't think they did, why I don't think they did much better. But I mean, in, in the Senate, they're only going to pick up like 0.9% change for them. Yeah, that really surprised me. I honestly thought that they would have done a lot better with the climate especially. Yeah, me too. And like, I'll put it to a different way. Let's go back to the federal election last year. That election wasn't about Labor necessarily winning because both major parties... It was about ScoMo sucking. That's what it was about. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But both major parties went backwards in the, the, in the popular vote. They went backwards in, in first preference votes, sorry. Right, that was the trend. So trending on from the federal election, you know, into the Victorian election, which saw you know a big Labor showing, but the trend is meant to be major parties are on their way out. That is not what we saw last night. No, quite the opposite. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. That's my point. So this trend of you know hung parliaments, minority governments, we didn't see that at the federal election last year. We didn't see that at the Victorian election last year. And we didn't see that at the New South Wales election last night. It's Labor majority in all three elections. The story here is this was an old school, old fashioned major party against major party, Libs versus Labor and Labor won. Clear and simple. Yeah. I I think though, we all knew it was coming. I mean, I didn't. The libs, were lib, the libs were running, not maybe with so much of a swing, but the the libs were basically running a minority government. They they couldn't afford to lose a single seat. Like from that point of view, it was pretty much expected. But then, I mean, if the predictions are right and that they they gain seven, I mean, maybe maybe they won't gain as many as seven, but they'll still have. What do they need? They need 47 seats, right? They've already won 45. So really, they only need to actually win another two. Yeah, but the projections are they'll go to 50. Mm. Yeah. Which is good. You know, you, lo- you lose a couple of MPs to ICAC, you know, it gives you that little buffer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well. <laughs> but there you go. I mean, in terms of the expectation, I don't think anyone expected the Libs to maintain power. I, you know, the coalition, I should say, to, to maintain power. I, I, I agree with you there. But I... I personally, and this was shared amongst many an analyst, I thought that it would be a Labor minority, similar to what the coalition has been governing with. I mean, if they get to 50, that's, that's pretty emphatic. I think in the lower, the lower house too, they only needed one crossbench, isn't it, as well? So they pretty much have the majority down there as well from what I was reading, or I could have read that wrong. Do you mean in the upper house? Oh, upper house, sorry, yeah. yeah. I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah, the upper house is tricky to pick. We'll get to the upper house in a second. I just wanted to have a look at a couple of key seats here before we move on. 
Yeah, so if we're just looking here at the seats that are changing that we know of so far, and I think almost all of them are going from Liberal to Labor, except for Monaro, that's going to be Nat going to Labor. Nationals was there. Yeah, there's more to come. Yeah, yeah. this this yeah, they're just they're just waiting. We'll look at the seats in doubt. But so so the changing seats, Camden, twelve point seven percent swing, my goodness, to Labor from Liberal. East Hills, that was an important one. So East Hills has gone a two point nine percent swing from Liberal to Labor. Monaro, fifteen point five percent swing to Labor from the Nationals. And do you reckon like, that's do you John Barilaro, 100%. Yeah. That's, that's just do you reckon him. it had to do with him? Yeah, of course. 100%. What do you mean? Yeah, because, <laughs> well, they won the by-election, the Nationals, and that was meant to be like a safe seat, but I, I've had a feeling this would happen. Because that's where the other um, guy was meant to run, the uh, Terry, was it Terry Campese, the one we're talking about? That, oh, the footy, the ex-Raiders player. That was the player. footy one. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was meant to be his seat. We should kept it. Yeah, so there's a combination of things going on there, right? But, I mean, John Barilara is the most corrupt, not corrupt politician in Australian history, <laughs> right? Yeah. So he really, really screwed screwed them up there in Monaro. Anyway, shout out to Monaro. Parramatta. This, wow. this was one of the first scalps. This was one of the first seats that was being tracked where Anthony Green came out and said, and, and Sky News and whoever else, that came out and said, yeah, this is this is going to Labor. 15.2% swing to Labor in Parramatta. Huge. And the same thing happened last year, Nico, at the federal election. Scott, uh, what's his name? Scott Farler, not, not Scott Farler. What's his name? Um, the guy that you hate, uh, Andrew Charlton. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. parachuted in from his $16 million house with no mortgage. I love that. I always have to add the no mortgage bit just so everyone realizes <laughs> that they bought it outright. Makes it so much more outrageous. But he was parachuted does, yeah. in what from Darling Point or whatever it was into Parramatta. Mm-hmm. No worries. So Parramatta at the state level, fifteen point two percent swing to Labor. And the thing is, the Libs threw everything at Parramatta. Parramatta was getting the powerhouse museum. They had you know all that light rail and all that extra invest. I mean, Parramatta was yeah. like th- one of the focuses of the Liberal Party. And then it's a 15% swing to Labor. Wow, talk about pork barreling gone wrong. Okay, this next seat, Penrith. It's still got, it's still got locked down hard, though, during the lockdowns. I, I don't it know if still... the lockdown is a thing anymore. People are running oh. that narrative. You, you can talk to that in a moment, Nico, because you're, okay. you're in Auburn. But <laughs> I just wanted to mention a couple of more of these seats that have swung. Penrith. This made me so happy. Stuart Ayres, bye-bye. See ya. (laughs) Stuart Ayres lost his seat. Oh, so sad. And all it took was a 3.1% swing to Labor. So it's not a big margin. You mean all it took was him trying to get Barilaro a job? (laughs) That's that's really why he went though, right? Yeah, but it wasn't a big swing. He lost his cabinet position, right? He lost his – what was he, minister for – Sports and sports yeah. and, and he, was, he was a deputy, wasn't he? Wasn't he a deputy at some point? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, Stuart Ayres, Marie's Payne's husband. They're married, for those of you who don't know. Remember Marie's Payne? She was the foreign minister that was Schrodinger's foreign minister. She was there but not there at the same time. Anyway, because mm. ScoMo used to hide shit from her. Anyway, so Penrith, 
gone. Stuart Ayres, bye bye. I don't know if, if the Panthers are still going to get their three hundred million dollars stadium. Nice stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that made me super, super happy. Riverston. So Riverston. Correct me if I'm wrong. Riverston was smashed by the floods. Is that right, Nico? Oh yeah. It's like out, it's not quite. It's out past me. Out past the Hills District. Yeah. Mm. Riverstone. Stanhope Gardens Park. Yeah, they had the massive floods with yeah, yeah, yeah. all the uninsured houses. Yeah, remember yeah. remember that remember that time when I came out and saw you at um the Castle Hill RSL and mm. they were they were, they were setting That's up right. temporary temporary like housing and stuff for people. That's right, Nico. Yep. Because of the right. floods. Correct. Yeah. So I don't know if that's why, but that something's going on in, in Riverston. Anyway, shout out to Riverston. Uh, South Coast, 15% swing to Labor. Wow. These 15% swings are just huge. Anyway, Wakehurst, 27.2% swing away from the Liberals. Oh, was this was this a teal seat? Was this so the this one? Is that, the no, this is Brad Hazard's old seat. Hey, and then it was yeah, uh, what's right. his name? Um, Brad Hazard. Was... Bye bye. Yeah, bye bye. Oh, he's retiring, so he didn't lose. But yeah, yeah. Is that an, is that, that a teal seat? Let's let's confirm. No, it's a fully independent. It is. I've got it. I was reading it before I put it down. Um, Michael Regan. He's the mayor, the local mayor there. Yeah. Oh, nice. sorry. The, sorry. The te- the teal seat is Wallandilly. Mm. I think there are a few teal seats that are still up in the air, um, like in the northern beaches areas in, in Sydney. I think they're still sort of going back and forth and, and, and we won't know until counting resumes. So who's the who's the independent that won that seat? That's an, that's an interesting one. She just Michael told us. Regan. Yeah. Michael Regan. So yeah. now I think it's like I was reading the independents. Now they represent the northern beaches at the federal state and the local level now. Well, obviously the obviously the people that live in these uh, well-to-do suburbs actually pay attention. Well, and about the community po- out there to politics, yeah, which mm. is why they tend to get independence in. Yep, yep. Mm. Anyway, yeah. so they're they're the sort of the, the big sort of changing seats. There are also some seats in doubt. I think the biggest one is probably Balmain for the Greens. Like they're struggling yeah. to retain that. There's been an 8% swing to Labor. And it's interesting because usually we don't see big Labor Greens fights, right? So here, the big challenger has come from Labor, which is weird because I'm pretty sure they preference each other. Anyway, so that's what I think the Greens will retain that seat, but on a slim margin. Um, there's a whole bunch of other seats. I don't want to go sort of seat by seat. So question, did did the Libs actually gain any seats or it was all losses? I live I can't think of no, or find any seat, yeah, that uh, the Libs have picked up. I, I'm sure there's there's got to be one or two. Uh, anyway. <laughs> maybe maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> but Kayama. That's a big message if there isn't. You guys don't know about Kayama. I tweeted Kayama. about this last night and it got a bit of traction. I don't think people realise what's going on in, in, in Kayama. Last night, early on, Anthony Green was talking about the seat of Kayama. Now, the seat of Kayama is really interesting because previously it's been held by Gareth Ward. Now, Gareth Ward was a liberal politician. He had a uh, a portfolio. He was a cabinet minister for, for families and, and disabilities and whatnot. But he had all these sexual assault charges against him. Some of them are quite serious involving uh, assault, sexual assault against a 17-year-old girl uh, one against a 27-year-old man. Now, I should obviously make it clear, like we always do, 
it's before the courts. He's been charged, but he hasn't been convicted. So he has the presumption of innocence. He denies all the charges and um, and so on. So, you know. Not, been... not innocent enough, though, for his party to stand by him, though. Well, he got dished, right? they suspended him. Yeah, they suspended him. And so he announced he was running for Kayama again, but as an independent. And Anthony Green, last night early on, there was a lot of support for him. He was way ahead. So it was looking like Gareth Ward was going to come back into Kayama as an independent with pending, like a pending trial, like pending sexual assault charges. I think there's like a few of them. So there's this potentially really odd constitutional crisis, to sound sensational, where you have a candidate who was potentially voted in and wins the seat who is currently suspended from parliament. And like, like, how does that work? I mean, if he's voted in by the people, he hasn't been convicted. He's just being charged. What if he is convicted? Well, that's, that's different. I think that's different. I don't know. Does the legislative council... I mean, the legislative council voted to suspend him. That's why he's suspended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he would have had like a no confidence. Is that right? I, I don't know. I don't know how that's done. He goes to court on Monday. He goes to court on Monday. On Monday. <laughs> so anyway, early on, Anthony Green was calling it... No, he wasn't calling it for Gareth Ward, but he was saying that he's, he was way ahead... Now it seems with 41% of the vote counted, the Labor card, the, the, the Labor candidate seems to be coming back. So currently it's 51.9% for the Labor candidate and Gareth Ward sitting on 48.1%. Crazy. Previously he had a margin of 12%, mind you. I want him to win just so I can see the shit go down. Well, it's a curious situation, isn't it, as to what would happen if he was... I mean, fancy having him, like, away during the proceedings, like, in court for these multiple assault charges while he's meant to be represented. I mean, that's really odd. Have we had that before? Not that I can think I'm of. What was what was uh, Antumi commenting on about in relation Oh, to just that? that there's a potential constitutional problem where where he may have the legal rights... To represent Kayama. So that means there's no outright prohibition in the New South Wales constitution about... If you're charged. Yeah, well, convicted. If he's convicted, I think it might be different. I think the argument is in the interim, while the charges are still charges, while they're being tried in court, he he has has the legal right, Mm. I think, I think... I mean, he's an innocent man, right? Until proven guilty. Anyway, well, so that's that's right. I don't think, think people don't know what's going on because that's a huge amount of vote. Like for him to get, I don't understand how you could vote for him knowing <laughs> you, all that. If, you, if you're charges, like your Labor Party campaign would just know. just would just basically just be his court attendance notice. Read that. <laughs> <laughs> Read the court attendance notice of of my competitor. I think. Thanks. I think Liv, it's an interesting point. I, I think there's obviously just looking at the numbers. There must be a vibe in the community that he's innocent until proven guilty, mm-hmm. right? Or that, or that this may be like a political hit job. You know how things go. You know, yeah. rumors start swirling around, and why are they trying to get rid of him? I don't know. All right, let's head into the legislative council quickly. Get everyone up to speed on that before we move into our juicy gossip talk. <laughs> about why we think Labor won and all those details about how we voted. And, you know, Nico, the mood on the ground here in Western Sydney. 
Yeah, actually, I got lots of mood on the ground gossip because <laughs> my wife was running a pre-polling center for the week, and she and she was uh, running she was running one of the centers last uh, all of yesterday. Yeah, right. Okay, so we'll get to that. I can I can tell I can tell you about all the really hilarious informal votes. Okay, <laughs> so the legislative council. Look, it gets really technical really quickly. Like I literally had to sit down with a pen and paper and make sense of all this because of the way that it's calculated. So let's just keep it really basic. The quota to get a Senate seat is 4.55%, I believe, as it stands now. Now, on the actual night of the election, so last night, they only count above the line for the Senate. So that's all we have now. We don't have any below the line numbers available to us at time of recording. Yep. So these numbers will change slightly is the point. But going off that 4.55% quota, Labor has had a 9.6% change in their favour. So 10% improvement for Labor in the Senate. The coalition, though, they've only pulled back just under 4%. That's interesting, huh? Because if you look at the overall swing, we probably should have said this up front, the overall swing that Labor needed to win this election, I think was 6.5% for the lower house, right? It, 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 it's going to end up being around 7%, which is how they get to that 50 seats, right? But if you look at the Senate, they've had a bigger change, 10% in, in, in the votes for the Senate, but the, the coalition have only gone back at 4 I mean, 4% is a lot, but the gain for Labor didn't all come from the coalition is my point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also or, keep in or, mind, it's only or, half, right? It's only half of the senators that are up, only 21 because they have eight-year terms. Sorry, Nico, you go. Yeah, yeah. No, but do you think people are voting more strategically as in that they're, you know, they're voting liberals for on the legislative council ballot and something else on the... You know, honestly, what I find strange is One Nation's gone back 1%. I find that really strange because the Senate's meant to be their stomping ground, right? Yeah, these but minor you know parties. what? Maybe they didn't run as many candidates in the in the Legislative Assembly. We didn't have a local One Nation candidate. This is the thing. People people were complaining to me about this. Is I think there's one guy that was saying to me on Twitter, um, it's not fair to look at One Nation like that, which is what you're saying, because they didn't run One Nation candidates in every seat. Here's my take on that. I accept that to an extent, and here's why. If One Nation thought they had a chance at winning a seat or coming close, they would have run a candidate in that seat. The reason why there aren't candidates in all those seats that people are whinging about is because why would they? There's no they they would have done the research and they would have projected that you know there's no point because they're not going to get up. So why waste the, the money and the resources uh, in those areas when they can focus on other areas that they might win? Look, I don't I don't agree with that strategy and. A few years ago, I was speaking to uh, someone that was head of one of these micro parties, and if you look at say like the Clive Palmer, what's what's it called? U UAP Australia UAP yep. UAP strategy. Their strategy was to run a lower house candidate in every seat. Yeah, so did One Nation so you, in the, in the federal election. Mm. In the in the federal, well, maybe they're just not that interested or bothered that's what i'm saying there's the no state interest. election no bro if one nation can win a seat if they think they can win a seat they'll run a candidate mate let me assure you of that but they would get they would get more people in the upper house if they ran 
a lower house candidate in every seat because you have somebody standing yeah, have there the with the signage, yep. with the how to vote, and people will, will will go, oh, One Nation's running, and they'll 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 pick up the how to vote and they'll just copy the how to vote card and that's it, and they'll end up with more with more people in the in the upper house, and I reckon that that strategy works. Yeah, right? it works. I mean, it, you've you've seen it work with Clive Palmer. Yep. Right where he runs, he runs a candidate in every electorate. I think the reality is that One Nation are sort of the embodiment of the loud minority. Because <laughs> no, on Twitter, you, you you mean the quiet Australian Chad? If I post something negative about One Nation, which I regularly do on Twitter, I get smashed. It's like a massive cult of sycophants that jumps on you. And, and, and attacks you. Oh, One Nation is the best. You're an idiot. And they just start name calling and blah, blah, blah. So I, I was expecting, again, like I said earlier on, given how much airtime Sky News gives to One Nation and nothing happened. They went backwards. Mm. I mean, they had a, well, a 0.7, less than 1% swing towards them in the lower house and a 1% change against them in the upper house. Do you- how do you explain that? Do you think it has to do with all of the other right-wing nutjob microparties that have popped up on this on the uh, legislative council ballot? Well, maybe the One Nation vote, because of what you're saying, is, is becoming splintered. So first it was the coalition vote that was splintered to One yeah. Nation, and now it's being splintered from One Nation to all these other nutters. It would have gone to, looking at that list, it would have gone to the Lib Dems, would have gone to Lyle Shelton, who's the uh, Australian Christian lobby. They're not a, an official party, so they can't run um, as a as a party. So that's why it's his name. It would have mm-hmm. gone to to Bossy, the Australia One right wing nut job conspiracy theorist. Uh, who else? It would have gone to Craig Kelly. Oh, but Craig Kelly was only a below the line guy because mm-hmm. he couldn't get fifteen people. So yeah, okay. Well, I mean, Craig Kelly has a big following, so. We does don't he, I don't think he does. That's my point. I well, think these guys to. are just really loud on Twitter. They've got big followings on Twitter. It's it's the it's the vocal minority. Well, you got to you know during lockdowns when Craig Kelly left the Liberal Party, they reckon that um, UAP had the biggest sign up of new members in like political history. They had like 50,000 new members, people sign up to become a member of the UAP. Mm, to drop in the ocean. In a matter of weeks. Still, 50,000 is a lot. Yeah, but what has but that translated? Is Australia-wide though? Or? It might have been Australia-wide, yeah. What well, it would have been the, It would have been the lockdown states. It would have been New South yeah. Wales and Victoria. That and, were and, and what has that translated to? Um, They've got a senator. Have they got a Victorian senator in federal parliament? Like, yeah. I'm not trying to put all of, all, all of them down. I'm just looking at this mathematically, mm. right? I'm, I'm not trying to say if you voted UAP or if you voted One Nation, you're an idiot. And I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that if, you know, the vibe that I got from the coverage from Sky and the presence on Twitter, the support for these candidates hasn't materialized. Why? I think Sky News is stuffed up. I think Sky. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Sky. I, th- I think Sky. Nobody's watching Sky News anymore, man. More people watch YouTube than Sky News. Yeah. Like more. I'm, I, I guarantee there's more people watching Geordies than there is Sky News. Yeah, I think you, that might be right. 
I think that might be right, but it's 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 just confusing. It's just confusing because there's there are no trends anymore. Speaking from the federal election to you know the Victorian election and to where we are now, I mean Labor are really popular now, and you know we'll, we'll have that discussion in a moment. But again, just to tie off this uh, legislative council discussion, the Lib Dems have had a big improvement, right? One point four percent change. They're up to 3.5%. So maybe once all the preference flows go through, maybe the Lib Dems get a seat. Maybe maybe they get up. Or the legalised cannabis guys. They're in, a, a they're in the better seat for it. Yeah, mm. legalised cannabis. Basically, in a nutshell, just to you know, conclude all of this discussion, Labor won this election, clear and simple. The coalition are stuffed. And the minor party vote is even more split and splintered than it was before. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you want access to the full episode, check out the link below, become a subscriber. It's as easy as clicking on that link right here on Spotify and becoming a member for access to the full episode. But don't worry if you listen on a different app All you have to do is click that subscribe button and you can copy the RSS link and feed that into whatever app that you're listening to Chat Theory on for the full podcast feed. Thanks for listening and have a good one. See ya.